It is time for a guest entry. But first, a quick disclaimer. Most of the guests I've had on were recorded through Discord due to us being long distance. If the quality dips, it's due to my connection. But I hope each of these conversations brings you new knowledge of the creative and cultural arts. Greetings, fellow travelers and storytellers. Welcome to the first guest entry of Arthadian Anthology Season 4. In today's entry, I have an independent fantasy novelist, Ronald Kimmins. He is an author of a free, downloadable novella titled Den of the Wolfman. You can find a link for it in the description of this episode. And he is working on a novel titled Wild River, coming in January of 2023. Thank you for listening to our conversation. Hello, my wonderful audience. It is time for a, our first guest entry of season four. Today, I have Ronald Kimmins. That's how you pronounce it, right? Kimmins? Yeah, Kimmins, yep. And you are, well, you're, you're starting to live your dream of becoming a fantasy novelist. Thank you. That is right. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, if you'd like, you can introduce yourself to, the, to my audience and, and everyone out there. Thank you so much. So, yeah, um, Ronald M. Kimmins. I, I put the M because there are some other Ronald Kimmins floating around out there. Yes, of course. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. So I. Um, oh, where to start? Um, I've done some things in my life. I think um, I'm, I'm not that old yet. I'm I'm 38, but I've done done a few things. So I, uh, when uh, you know, I, I I grew up actually in rural Texas. And uh, my family was pretty poor, pretty poor, and and my parents you know, have nine kids, and uh, you know like we like we had some. I, I honestly have some really good poor stories that I'm not <laughs> going to go into. Right now, but but uh, we would, to 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 give you a, a summary of that, we lived in a camping trailer on a dirt road. At first, we didn't have proper plumbing going in and out of that thing. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but then uh, went to college. And I went. I, I was actually a missionary for two years in mm. Taiwan, and I, I got to go over there. and And uh, when I got there, I couldn't speak Mandarin yet. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd studied. I studied for a few weeks, but you know, but then I got there, and, and then I had to you know learn there. And then I got fluent in it, and and um, came back, and I, I majored in. I did double major in English and Chinese, and and then uh, after graduating, I got into writing website copy and. And doing um, translation as well, and I started working in a translation company, uh, and I <clears throat> did that for a few years. But I decided that it just wasn't really going any, anywhere. I liked the work, okay, but it just wasn't really going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so, and and it wasn't really what I wanted to do. And and I knew that I needed freedom. So I talked to my wife, and I said I want to quit and start a marketing agency. And she said, "Okay," and so we did. Yeah, that's, and that, that, <laughs> that's good. That was back in, yeah, that was back in 2016, and um, we've had some ups and downs since then. But uh, but you know, it's 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 going strong now, and now she's just kind of taking over mm. and doing that. And you know, now we have the resources and the freedom where I can go and do what I really want to do, which is be a novelist. That's awesome. And my wife, my wife is really excited about it because she's a big fantasy. Uh, novel 
person. You know, she she loves to read fantasy novels, and and so she's excited to have me writing them now. Yeah, <laughs> and, so, and so yeah, that's 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 what I'm doing, and it's great. Um, I it's it's really a lot of fun to uh, be able to just take my overactive imagination and actually create something with it. That that's that's wonderful, honestly. That that's inspiring to well a, a lot of writers. Honestly, I've taken a different path, but but I feel like your your path is 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 exactly how it, it was meant to be, and on and on. And it also it just shows that you know sometimes you have to you have to work hard at other things before you can you can actually do the things that you want to do. Right, right, right. And you know what? Like that whole process, I learned things that I wouldn't have learned mm-hmm. if I had just been trying to be a writer the whole time. And, you know, so yeah, and yeah. I think you know, with with writers, you know, life experiences you know are are very important. And and if you go and do something else for a while, that's where you really get you know those experiences. I, I remember reading about Louis Moore and how I think his his life story was even more interesting than, than all the novels that he wrote. That, that guy, he did so many things. He was, he was, he, he was, he was a straight up hobo. Like he, he, he was a hobo on the railroads. Wow. And he also, he worked in merchant Marine and, and went all over the world. He, he did all kinds of things. And, uh, and that brought him back to writing in the end, you know, and, and, and yeah, I think it's, it's real important to, to build up, um, build up. life experiences yeah. because that helps you have something to write. And, by the way, some of those life experiences that I didn't mention a minute ago is is that is that I have five kids. My yeah. wife and I we have five, you know, so, and and we you know we and we built our business while having five kids. And, and it's kind of fun going going to to entrepreneur events and stuff like that because we network with a lot of entrepreneurs and go to mm-hmm. a lot of events. And everyone's talking about you know like uh, putting in the hours and, and doing all these things. And and it's what they do is really you know it's uh, it's respectable and everything, but very. Very seldom do I run into serious entrepreneurs who built their businesses while having <laughs> a bunch of little kids. Yeah, that, I'm sure that's like that. Like it, that's like two jobs, well, multiple jobs, like all all put into one because you, because you're hand, handling not not just one kid. Like like one one kid is I'm I'm sure a lot to handle. I, I have I I haven't had the privilege of of having children but that is definitely a future goal of mine but yeah but like kids like that they like my 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 girlfriend right now she has she has two baby uh baby sisters and and they are a handful and they're they're just two of them so i'm sure that is like a a lot and you have to be able to like parse out attention toward towards each one while also uh doing all all the business building and thankfully you you have your wife too to to help to help you with that and and everything like that too so ha- having yeah, the full tag, family tag yeah tag team exactly <laughs> um so so today i i w- i want to discuss your your actual writing the, your actual like worlds that you that you're making um yeah. but i i also wanted to discuss the act of writing a fantasy story and and honestly when when i read your bio it, it captured like a different feeling in me than what i'm used to like i i am a creative world building storyteller at heart and when i'm not doing that i don't feel like i'm living out my purpose uh but for you you went down that this, this an alternative path before becoming a fantasy writer storyteller 
my first question for you is if you can go into your initial process when beginning this journey, this writing journey, and and just explaining how, like, what what really got you started on on writing, and like all the like maybe all the minor details throughout your life that kind of brought you to this point. Yeah, so I was I was always really imaginative and 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 you know growing up as as, as a little kid, um, even though we were poor and everything, we actually had a significant amount of land and we had we had you know woods and we had a, a ravine that went through there, and and we would build tree houses and these big spreading oak trees, mm. um, and and this 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 whole that whole environment was very conducive to you know imagination. Yes, and 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 my 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 siblings and I, you know, we would we would we would play a lot and we would play as different, different characters and things. And, and, and we had to be very inventive. We weren't really close to a lot of other kids mm. near us, you know? So we, we, what we did the way, when we played, when we were young, it was always very inventive, very creative, very, making up stories, making up characters. Um, so there was always that. And, and, you know, my, my, my mother also is a big science fiction fantasy reader, more science fiction than fantasy, but she likes both. And she always. I like science. Of, I like science fiction better than fantasy, honestly. <laughs> and, and I'm probably going to write science fiction at some point. Yeah. Um, I certainly have some ideas. It's just that's not really where I started. Mm-hmm. But um, but um, you know, she had a lot of that. Like I used to read. You know, there, uh, there's like there's a ton of Star Wars books. Yeah, there um, are. I remember. When, when, I remember though when I was in like third grade. I think when the the Timothy Zahn trilogy came out mm-hmm. which is generally viewed by people who have actually read these the star wars books generally viewed as the best one it's actually just good sci-fi mm-hmm. like it's just it's just among the better sci-fi books out there um the the timothy zahn trilogy of star wars and 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 was, that was really really good and, and you know whenever a new star wars book would come out my mom would buy it and you know, end up on the shelf and you know, we, i would read it my brothers would read it you know and uh, and that was just very that's really contributed to my um my imaginary mentality. And mm-hmm. I remember being in school and, and spacing out all the time. Cause I was thinking about all kinds of things, um, stories and things. And you know, I used to write, I used to write books and spiral notebooks. Uh, I hardly ever finished my stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, don't worry about that. Like every writer doesn't really finish most of their stories, honestly. <laughs> but like, but I did when I was in, see when I, my school though, props to them. Cause like when, when I was in, Fourth and fifth grade, my school there, they had an annual competition mm. where kids wrote books. Wow. They'd have, they'd have kids write books. And most of the kids, they would take these little, these plain little hardback books with like 20 pages in them and, and, and like, and, yeah. and do, and I wish do I that, had you know? that. I wish I had that when I was younger. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I actually went and I typed out, you know, pages and pages and pages. Mm-hmm. You know, like like thirty pages or something like that mm-hmm. for for my stories, and I did that both years, and I and I won best book both years. You know, nice. <laughs> and that really, and and that you know, and we're talking about it now. It's like, yeah, big deal. You're, yeah, you're. <laughs> but but if for me at the time, you know, that was a very that's very transformative thing. It's like, oh, I can do this. You know, I like this, and I'm good at this, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and that created the the mindset that is really you know continued to today. Um, now, as I as I, as I grew older, I actually haven't read as much science fiction and fantasy as mm-hmm. you might think, considering that I'm a fantasy writer. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I go, I go to, uh, 
like forums and stuff talking about sci-fi and fantasy and a lot of the books that people talk about i haven't read um because the stuff that i read actually it, this sounds snobbish but I, I i like to read classics i like to read like my favorite writer is probably dostoevsky oh wow I, yes i love dostoevsky He's yes. so 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 very powerful yeah He's so very powerful, and and I I love I love his writing. Um, I love how he he creates this. Uh, he'll give you he gives you this world that's just terrible and bleak. But yes, then, exactly. But then he'll show you that there's hope, right? Show that there's that there's hope, and and he'll and he'll show people and portray people as as very very irrational beings. But then he makes you love them anyway, mm. even though they're so irrational. Yeah. You know, and 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 I can tell. You know, and he was also, as as a person, is very interesting to me because I feel that he's a man who is very cognizant of his own limitations. Exactly. Yes. Like he was, he was a man of faith. He believed in God very deeply, mm-hmm. but he was also like he 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 ran in circles with all the you know prominent atheists in his society in that day, you know. And he had, and he understood what their concerns were. Mm-hmm. about Christianity, about theism. And he was totally honest about these things, right? Exactly, and so, yeah. and, 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 I, and I love that about Dostoevsky. And, and I think, I, I hope that when people read my fantasy, um, and yeah, of course, the, the fantasy books that I read, that I write, like, are very, very far off from Dostoevsky, but I hope that there's a little, that pe- people always see just a little bit of Dostoevsky in there, that, that, uh, that, that, openness and that love for humanity despite all of its flaws um i, I hope people will see that Th- those are great themes to to have in in writing and it, it makes it it makes things relatable because we're, we're all we're all struggling with with life's with, with just life in general and everything that's going well especially now but where we're at in in 2022 with with everything going on in the world uh it's just being able to read things that relate to to what kind of not not saying like to to like you know bring in all the all the like the all the bad stuff in, into the stories but actually like kind of paint, painting a picture but but allowing people to relate to the characters that are going through life <laughs> life struggles and then kind of persevering through it through it all and that is that is great Fantasy is, I mean, it's intrinsically escapist. I yes. think all fiction is, all yeah. fiction is escapist. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, but, but fantasy even more so. But I think that it's still important, in a way. Fantasy is really important in that it helps us to take the problems of the real world mm-hmm. and put them in a different scenario, a different environment that's distant from us. And that allows us to, to have a certain um, objectivity. Yeah. When we look at them. Yeah, and it, but, acts, it helps us to get away from them enough to think about them rat- rationally because it's hard to think about them rationally when you're down in the trenches slugging it out. You yeah. Know? Yeah. If, if you can get a little distance there, then you can better deal with the issues of of reality. And so, in a way, like it's escapist, but but. There is there is a utility of escapism of of being able to go to a different world because it allows you to take a breath and and get some some perspective and better deal with reality. 
Mm-hmm. That's honestly so. Uh, I am a I'm an avid tabletop role, like RPG player. So uh, and 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 I've and and honestly, that is why I play I I play those games is because you're you're creating a character. Like kind of like, like like when you're when you're writing a story, you're 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 creating these these characters. But like when you when you're playing a tabletop role playing game, you're you're embodying a certain personality that might have different perspectives than you, and you have to role play those perspectives based off of certain scenarios. And uh, and I, I've I've had friends who who have played, and they and it t- it takes some time to get used to that kind of that kind of aspect of things but then but then once you play a few more times and you start making more more and more characters then you start to get the you you get that feeling of of being in someone else's shoes but you're all you're also like create you're creating a character that you probably wouldn't wouldn't normally normally play as or or like yeah. envision yourself as yeah. but you're making decisions based off of the, the that care that character and then, so like with okay. with writing, with like fantasy writing, uh, it like it it is like a it, it's like a scope into the mind of of different different perspectives, and you you have to take those certain perspectives out in the in the in the real world, even even perspectives you normally wouldn't like, and and you have to you have to also see view the perspectives that you don't like in in a positive light in, in some regards so that you can understand even your worst enemy and how they I, might yeah. be portrayed i i love i love um taking characters that are just totally different from me mm-hmm. and trying to make their case exactly you know, we have a completely different different view on things for me and in trying to make a case for them, you know, and and what what that does is is sometimes it sometimes it kind of changes my pers- my perspective on things, my own views. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Other times, even if it doesn't do that, it allows me to understand them better to the in such a way that I'm more capable of arguing my case against their position. Yes, yes, and helping it, them to understand what I'm saying. It's kind of because like, I understand. Them. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a mental debate with yourself. While you're, while you're telling this story, and that that's one of the the best parts about about storytelling in general, because you because you have to you have to if 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 you're not if you're not taking other perspectives and you're not you're not diversing like diversifying your own your own mental capacity to to write and create stories that multiple people will will enjoy. Uh, and like yeah and yeah go ahead the sh- sh- people have asked me before like what's what's so good about shakespeare isn't he overrated mm-hmm. you know and like what what why exactly do we do we still read shakespeare why is he seen as so great and i think the main thing about shakespeare that makes him so great is that he was so able to convincingly portray such a wide array of characters because Mm -hmm. there's some writers when you read their works you can pretty pretty easily get what kind of person the writer is what their views are in politics yeah yeah. what their their views are morality and and 
and and what the personality is. Um, but Shakespeare is just he, he's still a mystery to us. You can't really read or or or, or, or watch Shakespeare and like give a profile of, of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell what kind of guy he was and what he thought. And that is testament to his genius because he, he was able to, to create so many convincing personalities and so many different types. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course this goes, this goes back to, to a more basic debate of art. Um, where, uh, Like the the or the poet should be the least poetic of things, mm-hmm. because he said that you know, the poet the poet should be transparent. He should just communicate reality. And if he's if he's putting if he's adding a lot of his own color to it, if he's changing it too much based on who he is, then he's not really doing a good job. Um, because he's not giving a, a good view of reality, he's giving a good view of him. Mm. But then. And so, you know, in that way, according to that standard, Shakespeare was, that's why Shakespeare was great. But on the flip side, Wordsworth, I think, was a little more pragmatic. And his, his, his philosophy was, um, if I don't write what I know, what do I write? Mm. I write what yeah. comes from my mind, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a different, and, and there's merit to both perspectives and, there. And that's the point of going out and, and having experiences in the, in the real world so that you can, yeah. you can take in that stuff so that you can write what you know, which is the experiences that you've collected. Right. Right. So, yes. so, uh, <laughs> how, I, I want to ask you another question. How, how do you approach writing? Do you plot out an outline for your story or are you more of a, like a go with the flow type of writer? So, um, for most of my, most of my writing experience, I I've been, I've been a, with, with the golf pantser, you know, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you know, um, <laughs> and I've written a lot of short stories, a lot of short stories like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, for, for this novel that I wrote, that I'm writing that that's, that's, that's releasing in, in January. Um, I plotted it. I plotted it out. Mm-hmm. I went through chapter by chapter and laid out what I was going to do in each chapter. And, and I didn't stick to it to that completely, but it did, it did give me a very clear framework of what I was going to do. I knew where I was going. Mm-hmm. I knew how I want. So um, yeah, I did, I did lay it out a lot. Now for last month for NaNoWriMo, I, I decided to jump in and, for my NaNoWriMo project, I, I did uh, National no- Novel Writing Month. If yeah, anyone yeah, doesn't know yeah. what that's. Yeah. <laughs> I decided to and just go ahead and do the the second book after after Wild River, um, and that was and what I've and I've done. I didn't hit fifty thousand words. I hit about forty thousand, um, and that was definitely pantsing. I just kind of just go. You know, you I, just went for it. I, I went for it. And it was fun. Pantsing, I think pantsing is more fun. Yeah, it is. Because you, <laughs> um, you don't know exactly what, what, you're, what you're going to write. It, like, and also, it gets you into a flow state where, where you're kind yeah. of going th- through it. And that's, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, so it's like that's, that's what I did. And, and uh, you know, it's, 
it's interesting. Uh, it, it, it's been a good experience. I think uh, when I do go back to it, I, I'm not, I'm go- I've kind of put that on the shelf for now. I'm going back to my first novel to finish it up so I can, so I can send it out in January. Um, but when I get back onto the second novel, uh, I'm probably going to go back and, and do more planning and, and laying it out um, because I do think that that will give me better uh, uh, results in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I will say I, I, I definitely do a lot of pantsing for short, fi- short fiction. Um, and uh, in fact, I, my, I have a novella that's already available. It's a prequel to my novel that's coming out. I have a novella. The novella is called Den of the Wolfman. Hmm. And that's already available for free download, and yeah, I totally pants that. I, I will, I will <laughs> add that link to to the description of this episode, so yeah, pe- people can can access your novella, the De- Den of the Wolfman. Yeah, yeah. So I totally pants that. I, I did. Um, that was that was pantsing on my part. It, it was fun. It was it was good. And and um, just a, a note on that: the way where that came about was in in Wild River, my novel. I have uh, my main character, Bandas. He's he's a private investigator. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, in the novel, I mentioned how he gained notoriety in the city from finding a serial killer called the Wolfman. Mm-hmm. And and as I was finishing up, you know, like the third draft of Wild River, I just thought, you know, I kind of want to tell that story. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to tell how he how he found the Wolfman, and so. I went back and I wrote that novella, Den of the Wolfman, showing how Bondas caught the Wolfman. And so that that's what that is. So the it's a prequel to Wild River. It just happens like right before Wild River and it's just this one case mm-hmm. that uh, that has. But it gives you kind of an intro to the whole world and everything. So that's how that came about came about. Well that that's great. Uh so if you can Without spoiling too much, could you kind of go into the plot of your new book that you're writing? Oh, your 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 but Wild Wild River specifically. Wild River. So, Wild River begins. It's it's the setting is uh, it's in a different world, mm-hmm. but it's it's based largely on um on 1860s America. Ooh, yes. Um, and. A, a war has just finished, which they call the Slave War, and of course it's similar to the Civil War, the American Civil War. Yeah. Um, the outcome wasn't as as um, uh, clear and uh, decisive. Mm. It was more of kind of is it, it was more of a messy thing. Um, but there's a city called Wild River, <clears throat> and Bondus Riverman is a former slave who but he's kind of a prodigy at when he was a, growing up as a slave he taught himself to read mm. and he now is a private investigator and like i said he gained some notoriety from catching a, a serial killer and now he's in his his little office one day and at different times in, in the same day three different people come to him and ask him to help them find this young woman who's gone missing. Who's gone missing? Mm. So it's kind of like a and, like, like a mystery. Yeah, it's a little, little bit of mystery. It's not the mystery is actually not too heavy. Okay. It's more of, it's more of an, of an adventure. 
uh, story, but there's a little bit of mystery. There's definitely a little bit of mystery there. Um, but, uh, th- but these three people, they're all from different kind of different um, parts of Wild River society, right? Mm. And so it's a, and they they aren't directly connected to each other. So it's just this very strange thing. Why did these three people come asking him to find this young woman who's gone missing? And by the way, this young woman is seemingly a nobody. She is a, a factory worker. So why do they? Why do all these people care about her? Because mm. two of them from influential families, rich influential families in Wild River. And so there's a question of what is going on here, and and as he goes. To find her, he starts to uncover a lot of things um, in Wild River society that are that are uh, not so good. Um, he starts, yeah, uh, uh, and and uh, a conflict emerges between two two groups in Wild River. One is uh, one uh, one of the influential families, and the other is is basically uh, a. Uh, a group led by a guy who's half mob boss, half labor organizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and you, you see this conflict that happens between them. And, and you also start to see various groups of people in the city have different special abilities. Um, I guess you could call it magic, magic. kind of low key, low, <laughs> kind of low key, kind of low key magic. Um, of different kinds, and in this world, the magic hap- is uh, magical abilities are, are they are they're all attached to bloodlines. Mm. Um, it's hereditary, and they're different. Specific. I definitely have a hard magic system, in that people can do very specific things. Like there's no like it's not hand wavium where people just can like just all, all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> like um, there's you know there's some people who um well I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, I'm not going to split. Let, let, let people read it and, and, and learn. Well, different special abilities, and that will start to become evident in the story. And one of those people is actually Bondus. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I, 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 I am excited for when it... Do you have a specific date of when it's going to release? End of January. End of January. End, okay. End of January. You heard that, audience. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so apart from that, I want to also ask what kind of themes and elements are you wanting to explore in your future works? Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. So, yeah, <laughs> um, I, I really like something that, that I've written about some in science in my, I've written some science fiction short stories mm-hmm. dealing with the with transhumanism and the very real potential for humans to extend their life indefinitely yeah yep <laughs> and what and showing what the implications for that would be in human society um and i've actually i actually wrote a short story where it was a very very interesting fun experience where i i actually i had a dream i had a very vivid dream and i woke up and i sat down and just wrote down everything that happened in the dream that was my short story mm-hmm. and it was dealing with humanism it was dealing with there's a in 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 the sh- in this short story um this guy wakes up and he's and he's at the bottom of a cliff by by the ocean 
There's blood everywhere. He doesn't know how he got there. He's physically fine. But he doesn't know how he got there and he's covered in blood. Hmm. Turns out he had fallen off the cliff. But but he has he he was uh, one of the first test subjects um, for a program that has you know these it puts nano little nanobots inside someone's body that can actually quickly repair the body. Mm. So that he he suffered a brain trauma that would have killed most people. The nanobots saved him, but he lost the memory of what happened. He didn't. So he doesn't even know if he committed suicide. Or if someone pushed him, he doesn't know. Mm. Um, and and uh, yeah, and just and he he comes to realize that that uh, he was actually very depressed before because his wife had died, and the thing that had driven him to develop to de- help develop this immortality was that you know the desire to defeat death. But even though it seems to have worked, he still can't bring her back, mm. and that is torturing him. Um, so yeah, I wrote that, that short story and, and I want to deal, deal with themes kind of like that. You're talking about how, like, how much would that change society? What would I, cause I think that things would very quickly become very different if people didn't die. Yes, it would definitely become very different. And, and people like a lot, a lot of people are saying that, that, that kind of technology is coming here in probably like 50 years or so. Yeah. And, yeah. Live, and, live long enough to live forever. Yeah, that's, he, that's the phrase. Yeah, and I, like in the past, I've I've thought about like what like living forever forever might might be like, but I've been completely convinced that it would be a very bad. I, I, it, it would it would just completely take all humanity away from humanity, and then turn us into something else. I'm not sure exactly if it would be like very bad or if it would just it just be humanity would be no more at that point. And that's what transhumanists will tell you is their goal. They, they, they say, like, yes, we want humanity to become something else. Yeah. Um, but, of course, the I think that the main, uh, one of the main uh, uh, functions of science fiction in society, I think, has a very practical, pragmatic function, and that is to help us to have a healthy fear of what technology can do mm-hmm. um i'm i'm very much a pro-technology person you know i'm not a luddite i i love technological development yeah but there is always danger there is always a hazard it's it's i feel like it, it's just the the it's hum, it's humanity in its worst sense when when we take things to like like one end of one spectrum so like like there's there's always it, with any kind of tool there's always a good use for it and a bad use for it um, right. and and most technology whenever like humans create something new like like let's say the, the nuclear bomb they the first yes. the first thing that they they think about for it is okay let's how how can we use this to def- defend against like our enemies and all that stuff or or like technically now now people are talking about nucle- nuclear uh nuclear energy and how you can actually use that to to get like fix the whole cl- climate change uh thing and, and and everything like that and so like there's there's two sides to every 
to every new advancement that we have. And it really just depends on who is in control of it and in which way they, they lean towards it. And then the next, the next big thing that people are talking about is, is AI and how big that is, that's going to be. And what is, how is that going to change? And we have Elon Musk, who's going to implant us with, with brain chips and, and stuff like that. We don't know if we could trust him, but then we also have like uh, other, other governments throughout, throughout the world that are, that are planning out di- different, different kinds of things. And then, so we have to, we have to decide who do we trust to lead us towards the next technological advancement for our, like the next age that we, that we're, that we're going to be living in, which is going to be a completely, we don't know if we're, if we're going to all just, you know, self-destruct or if we're going to be able to survive long enough to watch humanity go a different route, I guess. <laughs> and we, we'll, we'll talk about like those kinds of dangers. And, and we always think, Oh, the matrix or terminator, you know, we, yeah, we like, like we're living in a simulation. Yeah, <laughs> you know, robot armies marching out and trying to conquer us. But, but there are very real dangers are that are you know, not that sensational and yet very 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 much there and mm-hmm. many of them are already evident in our society there's a great book that i read actually, actually i i mentioned this topic in in the first book that i published which is actually on amazon it's called the struggle of all ages mm. um i haven't mentioned it now because it's it's actually nonfiction. um but uh, in part in one of the chapters in that book i talk about this very thing and and, and i reference another book um, I forgot the author's name, but the book is is called um, um, "Weapons of Math Destruction." Math is in mathematics. Yeah, like weapons yeah. of math destruction. And she talks about the author talks about how how dangerous it is to rely too much on algorithms to run our world. Mm-hmm. And how we have taken almost like a a it's like we have a religious reverence for them. Like we give them all this power. But then, like people aren't allowed to see what the algorithm is, what its criteria. Yeah, that's why people say like open source, like l- let us see how the algorithms like are o- operating and all that stuff. And also, and also the the fact that when people create the algorithms, sometimes people will create algorithms that have a a certain type of bias toward like for specific things, which then which then causes the algorithm to go down one one specific area and then it 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 pushes another group aside and then well i i feel like there's like it's all it's it it's kind of hard to really decide whether uh, whether or not an algorithm is going is like it is is benefiting you because it also let it also creates a um it it kind of creates it it kind of creates like a, a, a echo chamber. Like the, the algorithms are, are creating echo chambers for us, where we're inside our own our own little groups, and then creating our own biases that then just constantly make make yeah, us polarized. There's 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 this perception that oh it's it's not biased because it's not human and it's applying the same the same criteria to everyone. But the thing is, the person who wrote it probably had his biases, mm-hmm. and so. You're just making those biases into the whole thing, and so yeah, you're treating everyone. You're treating everyone. 
everyone the same according to those biases. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of times, the, the person writing it doesn't even know those biases are there, but they but they are. Right? Um, like like the example that is used in weapons of mass destruction, like she talks about how like you have this system. And it says, okay, we want to hire uh, on a fair basis. We want to hire just based on who's most likely to succeed, not based on you know, who knows who or who is what color, who is what, what gender, whatever. Yeah. But then, and so, and so they, it's not with them, right? And, and to do that, they just say, they just look at all the past performers, like the top performers in the past, and they have a profile for each of them, and then they have the algorithm select based on that profile. Mm-hmm. But then what's going to happen is that the biases that put those people there to begin with are going to continue. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just protracting the same biases. Um, but and then that's what happens when you when you just blindly give give unchecked power to uh, to to algorithms. And and like she also talks about um um you know, school districts firing teachers kind of randomly based on per- performance scores when the teachers don't even have any idea what goes into the performance score. What what what's that? What that is based on? They're not even allowed to know because it's proprietary. And you have these teachers who are generally seen as some of the best teachers in the district, all of a sudden getting fired mm-hmm. because their score is low that year. But but no one is allowed to criticize the algorithm because the algorithm algorithm is proprietary and and it's not biased, right? So yeah, that's I mean, those that's the kind of dangers that we face. And more and more, everything is being governed by algorithms. You know, things, things that are that are you know, the the media that, that is shown to you, the marketing that you that you receive, mm-hmm. um, and and it's more and more based on data gathered from you personally as well. And so we end up having our entire world that we see shaped by algorithms, and it's and it's a it's a dangerous thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, that, that is you know something else that I would be interested in, in writing, and I think it's a very important thing to talk about. Yeah, it is. It is. It's over the horizon. That's something that's here now, and it's just getting worse. Yeah, it it definitely is is just getting worse, and I I know that there are people out there who who are working to you know to fight against against those things, and also just being being able to talk talk about these things like is is extremely important and you know some some people don't want you to talk about these things and i mean if we're talking about it now we'll 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 see what happens but but i i honestly do believe that that going back to our the the original the original point of of how we are going to end up living like it like in the future we we will probably end up having like immortality in a certain sense and and honestly mortality is what makes us human yeah. I, I feel like that is a as a crucial component and it it's also like the we we have we have forgotten our our roots in a in a certain degree to where like we are no longer spiritually minded. We're all. We're always. It, it, it's all. Um, 
like consumerism <laughs> at this point, which is what the algorithms are feeding. They they they're literally just collecting your data to to give to ad ad companies so that they can sell you on certain things. And we just need to we need to de- detach from those things and and then remember like the the values that we hold apart from what we actually want and desire at, at like like having having long-term long-term goals rather than short-term like needs for like you know you're you're able to to open your phone and and order something and it'll come to your doorstep right away and you want it right away all the time the real world doesn't really work like that and that's something that the new generations aren't aren't really learning and i feel like it's it's just causing a it's causing a down a downward spiral for our society and is it's something that that definitely needs to be talked about wow we we have gone way <laughs> we've gone on a, on a crazy talent tangent but it's great i i enjoy it <laughs> Anyways, yeah, just to kind of yeah, go go ahead. Just saying, like, I think, I think I think that something that modern society has done for us, you know, by doing good things such as you know, you know, dramatically decreasing infant mortality and mm-hmm. and, and 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 improving health for everyone. Yeah, you know, we it's easy for us more more than it has much more than it has been through through most of human history. It's easy for us to kind of believe that we are immortal. Yeah, that we're not going to die. Like we go about our lives without really thinking about death, mm-hmm. and I and I think that that actually makes us very different from most from the vast majority of our ancestors. I I, I was listening to a, a podcast recently about how uh oh, so actually someone asked a question saying, "Do you think that there are one of the biggest issues with today's society is that they haven't experienced suf- like suffering and." that like that is a very important topic is like we those i feel like those who have who have an understanding of of mortality and how and how precious life is are are the are the types of people who who treasure life a, a lot more and and actually think about actually like th- like think about these these kinds of deep deeper topics uh, on a on a broader scale and like those who, those who haven't experienced these things or, or try to, or try to escape from it. I mean, we're, we're in the business of, of escapism, but, <laughs> but like when people try to escape from these things, it's like sometimes you have to face these things head on in order to, to, to grow, like be, become braver and, and grow the courage to, to live a better life, I guess. Yeah. And I think that fantasy and sci-fi both actually help people to do that. You yeah. know, it's ex- escape. It helps people to, to, to kind of stay on their toes and think about and, and not, not be drawn into, into, um, um, patterns mm. of, uh, of, uh, of behavior where, where they stop thinking. Um, it helps people to, to keep their minds sharp and keep asking what if, and and I actually think, even though it's escapist, I think in in that way it's it has a very important function in in society and helping people to to address real problems. Mm. All right, uh, I have another question for you. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, have you thought about expanding to like different media apparatus, like screenwriting, audiobooks, or even like games and stuff? I I would definitely you know, I would definitely like to get some of my books as audiobooks. Um, I I would love to be involved in, in making games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any experience that would. Uh, in as far as video games like, go, yeah, um, as far as video, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That would just be a very high level co- co- conceptual thing there. Um, I, I've actually, I, I'm, I'm actually seriously considering uh, making my own board games that actually are, are related to my fantasy world, mm-hmm. and I, I plan to do that in the future. So yeah, I, so the answer is yes. Um, I, I probably will be coming up and coming out with a a board game at or a card game at some point point in the future. Related to to my books, hmm. both. That's good to know. I mean, I I, I am a I, I created a tabletop role playing game for my for my universe. I had I I used to write all the time, so I I, I also like published like self published a, f- a few books um, back when I was in high back when I was in high school. But but uh, I haven't really written a a full on like novel or or book in a, in a, in a while, uh, mainly because I've been working on my game for a very, for a very long time. And it, it is, it is finally done. And I'm like, I'm, I'm playing it now for, for like a live stream and, and everything. But I, I do, I do recommend uh, like when you do, when you do start making games, try like you should definitely have a team with you to like, to, you know, get the ball rolling and, and, and bounce ideas off of each other. And, and I know you, you, you have your own like marketing, marketing background. So like that, that you'll, you'll be good on that side of that front. <laughs> and, and well, this, this is a bit of an adventure for me on that front as well, because, because what, what we have marketed in the past is not what I'm doing. Yeah. It, it, it is a different industry. It it is a completely it's different. Very different. Yeah, um, we we we've done this in the past is we we've helped people with um, online courses and uh, and and coaching programs. Hmm. We've helped them to build their businesses. And we've done very well. Like we had a number of clients you know, hitting half a million a month. Wow. you know, selling an online course. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but it's still very different from what what we do, mm-hmm. and from 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 what from what I'm doing now. So I'm learning a lot, also from the marketing perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning a lot, uh, and kind of in, in many ways, I'm starting over, which is which is fun. That's always it's, it's always an adventure. Yeah, I I still feel like you you probably take uh, like a lot of the things that you learned there and can implement, like you know, because yeah, we're we're living in a world of algorithms, so we have to like we have yeah. to work off of the the different socials that we that were that we use and trying to find which which platforms to to promote to. Your, your stuff and i think podcasts is, it are like actually a good way to to do that too right but yeah um and i believe well i have one more question for you um okay i'm gonna i'm gonna pull from your actual que- your your question list here okay <laughs> uh what do you think the world needs most right now um in the most general sense, it needs empathy. Mm. Yeah, people need to have empathy toward each other. Um, 
in a very practical sense, I would say that what we need, what the world needs, and what the United States needs is we need a ranked voting system in the U.S. <laughs> that is a that is a debatable topic with like a lot yeah, of different I, like. <laughs> I'm very like so. I'm politically speaking, I am like I'm someone from a conservative background who is thoroughly displeased with the Republican Party right now. Yes, and it doesn't mean that I like. It doesn't mean that I like the Democrats now. I feel the same way that I always have, but about the Democrats. But uh, but I'm like I can't even vote for Republicans anymore. Mm. And it's because the the major parties are just at the high levels. I'm not talking about the general populace, but at the highest levels, they're full of corrupt hypocrites. They're, and I, it's like a uniparty. They, they work, they work together in, in, in yeah, many and they, facets. And, and they, argue, they argue plenty, but you shouldn't pay attention to the things that they're arguing about. You should pay the attention to the things that they quietly agree on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. and, and, and it's, 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 it's horrific really. And, and I don't think that would, that could be the topic of an entire interview. There. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yes. Uh, but the, the two party system, we need to have a, rank, a ranked voting system. That that's so that's one of the main things I think that the world really needs right now. Mm. Any other problem that we could talk about, like talking about environmentalism, talking about wars and things like all, all of that is the, that's all symptoms of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well. Ronald, th- this was awesome. I, I I very much enjoyed talking with you. Honestly, I feel like we we could probably dive into so many different topics together, and I would I would love to have you on um uh, again. Uh, hopefully, maybe maybe once your once your uh wild wild river comes out, we can we can talk about it and and that that would be awesome. Sounds like sounds like a plan. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, and thank you all for listening to our conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. And have a good night. Good night. I thank you for listening to our conversation. If you haven't yet, be sure to check out Ronald's free novella, Den of the Wolfman. There's a link in the description for it. Also, if you'd like to explore more of the new expanding universe, there are links for that as well. Until next time, travelers. Be safe. Stay safe. And if death comes to you, may you be reborn in power.